You remember the story of the prodigal son wasn't about two sons. It was about, I mean, about one son is about two sons. Now we tell the story of the one son and we kind of cut it off when the older son will not receive the younger son back. And then he starts talking about how a blessing he had been to everybody around him. He said, you know, my brother, he went out and did all this, but look at all the stuff that I have done. And what happened that day was that the prodigal son came home and the rich son, the blessed son, the man that stayed with his father and his father gave him a good job to help run the big ranch and he wasn't thankful for it. The roles reversed. The elder son became the prodigal and the prodigal son became the blessed one. Think about it. The father welcomed the prodigal back because he humbled himself and came to God in repentance and thanksgiving and said, I had far better back at home. But the blessed one, the rich guy, the heir to the father turned his back with no gratitude whatsoever. I tell you that story or that give you that illustration to set up the sermon today. I'm entitling the sermon, Where Are the Thanksgivers? Not when is Thanksgiving, but where are the Thanksgivers? Where are those people that you would point at and say they are really, really grateful to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for all of his benefits towards them? David is an incredible illustration in so many ways in the Bible. And this 116th Psalm is one that just lives on in infamy. Every time I read it, I always tell people this is my father's favorite psalm. I want to read it to you. I love the Lord, the 116th Psalm, written by David. From shepherd boy to king, from being a saint to being a sinner. Listen to what he said. I love the Lord because he's heard my voice and my supplication. Because he has inclined his ear unto me, therefore I'll call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compass me. The pains of hell got hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I'll walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I have spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste that all men are liars. Verse 12, but what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? I'll take the cup of salvation. I'll call upon the name of the Lord. I'll pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all of his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And, O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant. And the son of thy handmaid, and thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee, listen, the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. 
I'll pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all of his people in the courts of the Lord's house in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. I want to talk to you not about the holiday and what the holiday means in America, but what it means to be a thankful person. To be willing to take a look at reality like David did. Understanding that David from a little shepherd boy moved up into the ranks and then sinned against his God and went out into the world and got caught in the world for a while and had all kinds of bad experiences in the world. But yet he never lost his gratitude for God. He was a thanksgiver. He never tried to excuse his sin. He tried to get back into the righteousness of God. And thanksgiving is the way you get back. When you come to the place where you're willing to give thanks in everything, we're to give thanks for this is the will of God for us through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Psalm 107 verse two, the psalmist says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. What is he talking about here? He's saying, if you really are a child of God and you know the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, then say so. How do you say so? Well, I guess you're supposed to go out and tell everybody your testimony, not first. The first thing you say so is, thank you, Lord for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me your gracious mercy and salvation so rich and free. Where are the thanksgivers? Where are the people that even when a nation is celebrating a Thanksgiving weekend will come to the house of God and give thanks to God from whom all blessings flow? You see, Thanksgiving should be a continual part of the life of every one of us when we understand what a mighty God we serve. Simon Peter is a guy that many of we men can identify with. He could talk the talk, he just had problem walking the walk. I mean, Peter, you'd enjoy talking to this guy. I mean, he could always keep you your attention. But you know how he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never do this. I'll, I'll do this. I'll do that. But I'll never, ever walk out on you. I'm ready to go with you. Luke 22, 33. I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. That's Luke 22, 33. Could I drop you down to the 54th verse of the same chapter? Peter followed afar off. <laughs> he didn't make it through 20 verses in the Bible. Man, look at me. I am the guy. You are so blessed to get me. Man, I just know the world like it really is, and I can really help you do whatever you came here to do, and I'll never walk out on you, God. You can always count on me. And just a few verses later, he's following from afar off. See, that's where a lot of God's kids are today. They're way out somewhere. They have gotten themselves entrapped 
And by getting themselves entrapped, they have lost the joy of their salvation. And since they've lost the joy of their salvation, they're unable to continually praise him and thank him. And we know that from him, all blessings flow. I think a lot of us in America during this Thanksgiving time are like Peter. We watch our culture on a downward slide. Any way you want to measure it, it's on a downward slide. And many of us remember a nation that once honored God openly and unashamedly. We once believed this nation that the Ten Commandments were the structure of this country. It was put on the buildings in Washington, engraved in stone. And now you can't put a paper copy up in a school. What's happened? We've forgotten. We've forgotten how good God was to us. The civic clubs, no problem. Leading the Lord's Prayer, whatever. High school graduations, ball games, company celebrations, high places in the national capital. It was, it was America. Our country, tis of thee. Who, who are we talking about? God bless America. Where does all that stuff come from? What God are we talking about, bless America? And what has happened, not over, not over centuries, but over just a few years. And now we come to a thanksgiving. Thank God for America and have a nation that's turned its back on God. Many times in my growing up years, I heard national leaders and world leaders, I mean, uh, national leaders and, and business leaders and those in education Praise God, glorify God, give thanks to God, acknowledge God, encourage others about God, to follow God. I don't hear that anymore. I can remember when I used to pray, pastors are called to pray in all kinds of places. And I could go out and pray and I could close my prayer in any environment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You don't do that anymore in most places. In fact, you swear you won't do it and that's the reason you don't see me doing many of them. In fact, I'll do none. That's the only way I know to pray. I'm not interested in some kind of religious ritual. If our God is not alive and if we can't pray in Jesus' name, we might as well be talking to a stump. Is it possible? Is it possible? that Thanksgiving can once again, at least one time, be a time of thanking God from whom all blessings flow? Could it be a time when we could live out the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow, and not be worried about, but I might get put in jail. The way most of us sing, if we'll keep singing it there, they'll, they'll send us home. The guards will and say anything to get you out of here. Just shut up and get out of here. But what we do is we play the game. So my question again is, where are the thanksgivers? 
How much do you think churches will be up today in America because it's Thanksgiving week and next week? This one and next Sunday. How many? Not very many. Not very many. Because you see, you cannot turn a back on the fact that our nation needs revival and to get back to God. We can't go on playing religious games. We might as well be a part of a religion whose God is dead. If our God is alive, he's waiting to hear his children pray and he's like to hear a thank you. Let me ask you grandparents, do you like to hear your grandkids say thank you? Do you like to hear your children say thank you? I think so. I think we all do. Well, why doesn't the perfect father, why would he feel any different? He doesn't. He wants to hear his children pray. Every one of us. God wants us to come unto him, all that are weary and heavy laden. He wants us to pray without ceasing. He wants us to learn his wisdom. He wants us to serve him. He wants us to praise him. And he wants us to give of our time and our talents and our substance to him. My question is, how are we doing at it? How are you doing at it? As I ask myself, how am I doing? Anytime you think of God, there's three things pop up. Number one is God the Father. God the Father. David thought about God the Father and many things would come to his mind. You know what the first thing came in his mind was? I got a God that listens to me. When's the last time you used the phrase, would you just shut up and listen to me? <laughs> would you just be quiet? Just a minute. Just give me just five minutes, okay? Let me tell you something. God will meet you any time of the day and he's got time to listen. He's got time to listen. And so David said, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications because he has climbed his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. Isn't it good to have a God that's alive that can listen and will listen? Does it bother you when you get put on hold? Am I the only one that has that sin? Could you hold on? We'll be back in just a moment. 30 minutes later, you're still waiting. Does that bother you? Now, some of you look so spiritual, I don't think it bothers you one iota. Could I confess my sin? That just bugs me. But you know what? God's never put me on hold. And I know we feel spiritual if we can get up at three o'clock and beat the crowd. But you know, God's just as awake at three in the morning as he is at three in the afternoon. He will meet you when you need him. His Holy Spirit's right there with you. And I'm, I'm pretty convinced that the way that, that beats the iPhone is the Holy Spirit goes right to the Father and says, Father, you got one here that really needs to talk to you. Father, trust me, they need to talk to you because I've been with them for the last six months. And I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you later, God, you already know. But God, they need to talk to you. And the Lord says, put them on. And he listens. And he loves us anyway. He helps us carry the load. If we're carrying a heavy burden, let me carry it. But I am sick. I am the great physician. But I'm broke. I don't have any money. I can supply all of your needs 
We have a God the Father that loves his children, always has time for them. Anytime any of us sense that people don't have time for us, it really bothers us, and you know it does. But you know, David had those kind of people too. But he said, I've got one. I've got a father that will listen to me. He knows me. He knows what I've done. He knows why I've done it. But he also knows my thoughts and my desires. And as long as our desires are to please him, that if he shows us what I'm doing is wrong, I'm willing to confess that's wrong. You're right, God, that's wrong. And I'm going to repent of that. I'm going to turn from it. I'm going to quit it. I'm not going to just say I'm sorry and keep at it. I'm going to continue. So he had a father that listened. Then he had a father that understood. Look at verse three and four. The pains of death surrounded me. The pains of hell got hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Have you ever talked to anybody that you felt like they don't have a clue what's going on in my life? <laughs> you really pour your heart out, but when you, by their response, they still don't understand what I'm saying. Sure we have, but there is one. He knows exactly what we're saying. He knows exactly what we feel in our heart. We know he knows exactly, kind of like you mothers know what your kids are saying when you show them off and they say, what'd he say? You didn't understand that? He was just as clear as it could be. He said such and such and such and such. He had nine syllables in that word and he's only two years old. No, but when you talk to the Father, all through the Bible, you'll find out without exception, he understands. He understands. That doesn't mean he agrees, but he understands. It may be a relationship problem. Maybe a financial problem. Might be a health problem. It might be a learning problem. We could go on and on. But when we come to that point that we understand that the one that wants us to be thankful to him and give our thanksgiving to him is too good to commit a wrong. He's too wise to make a mistake. He loves us unconditionally and nothing is too hard from him. Whatever the problem is, he can, if he chooses to do it, he can solve it. But would you agree with me this morning for those of you that have so many times helped people isn't it good to hear a thank you? Isn't it good to hear I appreciate it? You bet it does. Where do we get that from? I think that's from God. I think that's a good trait. We need to be grateful and we need to be able to express gratitude to others. And then David, and us talking about the father, David was happy and glad that he had a father that would respond. He would respond. Fifth through the eighth verse. Gracious is the Lord. This is 116th Psalm again. Righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. Now listen. I was brought low. He helped me. Return unto your rest, O my soul. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. 
As David expressed in this psalm his gratitude and thanksgiving to the Father, the Father listened. And David said what was true. And as he said what was true, the Father was so pleased because he could see past what he was saying and to what his heart was feeling. So my question to all of us today, as it relates to the Father, are you thankful for your Heavenly Father? When you pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, is it really your Father? Or should you pray the Father which is in heaven rather than my Father, our Father? Maybe you had an earthly father that failed you. People then in the behavioral sciences, I've talked with them about this before. And that is the word father upsets a lot of people because the one they call father growing up, the one that gave birth to them, that, that was their earthly father, physical father, miserably failed. So to pray our father which art in heaven causes great trouble to them. And they have trouble struggling. They have, they have struggle and they struggle with this and they struggle with this and they struggle with this. But all of us that are here today can understand when we cry out, will somebody help me? And we're looking to the Father and say, Father, would you help me? He will not turn his back on us. Amen. Verse five says, God is gracious. Verse six says, God exalts the humble. Verse eight says, God delivers from death. Verse eight says, God wipes away every tears. Verse 8 says, God keeps our feet from falling and we can stand firm against the forces of darkness. For those of you that have struggled with some particular sin and you came to the point in your life when you realized it was a sin and you wanted to confess it and repent of it and stand up against it, you know what you found? You found God showed up and you shocked yourself that you could quit. You could give it up. You could walk away from it. You could not accept the invitation to participate in it. You were amazed that you were able to say no for the first time, but you didn't say no by yourself. You said no because he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. And that's who our father is. But then we think quickly about God the son. How important is, is it to Jesus? Now we know it's important to the father. How important is it to Jesus? How important is it to Jesus who died on an old rugged cross when he could have called the angels and took the Roman army out, but he did not. He chose to do the will of the Father. What happens when we understand how great God's son Jesus was, how awesome, how he sacrificed, how he suffered do you think Jesus would love to hear his children say thank you? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You saved me, Jesus. Jesus, you gave me a second chance and even a third and a fourth chance. I've seen you, God, Jesus. But see, God loved the Son, the Son loved the world. God loves the world. Jesus loves the world. And we that are in the world need to love the Son and we need to love the Father. John 3, 16, for God so loved the what? World that he gave his only begotten what? Son, 
that whosoever, us, that believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. <clears throat> Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19 is a powerful story about 10 people, 10 men, and they had the horrible disease of leprosy. Absolutely no cure for it. Absolutely none. And in the 17th chapter, verses 11 through 19, they come running to Jesus and they say, have mercy on us. We're lepers. Nobody will touch us. When they see us, they say, unclean, unclean, unclean. And they get away from us. And Jesus had mercy on them. He healed every one of them. Read this passage. Now my question is this. How many thanksgivers were there? One. One. How many were healed? Ten. Ten percent. That wouldn't win many elections to get ten percent of the vote, would it? Where are the thanksgivers today? Where are those that cannot sing, praise God, from whom all blessings flow? God, you think I'm going to sing that to you? I'm not sure all my blessings come from you. I think it's pretty much my hard work. No, that could have been stopped instantaneously. But you see, there is a God that is a God of love. God is love. We're talking thanksgiving and love go together. People that love one another thank one another. People that love one another become one eventually in some way or another. There's something that brings them together. But there was one. But there was one. And he came running. He fell on his face. And he fell down. And he worshiped God. And he thanked God. But I want you to notice in the text, Jesus asked a question. I'm asking it of you today and of myself. We're the nine. We're the nine. If God is responsible for our nation to be in the nation that it is, and I still think it's the greatest nation on the planet, but where are the thanksgivers? Why is it that those that benefit the most from it are the ones that have no desire to say thank you, Lord? Thank you, Lord. We look through the scripture during this Thanksgiving. <clears throat> and we see a story like this about David. He, he was always reminded of his salvation. His faith and the promises of God were real. And he would always, he would always, even in his worst moments, have some part of his senses turned towards God. And when he called on God, God always showed up. In the 116th Psalm, verse 14, he said, I'll pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all of his people. It's exactly what Paul said. He said, I am not going to live and not be thankful for what God has done for me. 
Could I encourage all of us today to think about that? As we think about our relationship to the Son, David said, I'm going to be faithful. Listen to what he said in the 15th through the 19th verse. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly, I'm your servant. I, I am your servant and the son of your handmaid. You've loosed my bonds. I'm going to offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord. I'll pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all of his people. In the court to the Lord's house, in the midst of the old Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. Wow. Shepherd boy David, King David, I'm going to be a thanksgiver. I'm going to understand that there's some things in my life, if I'd have been God and I had the choice, I'd have taken me out because I was in total rebellion against God's will for my life. We're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday soon. Thanksgiving is kind of what opens the door. You're going to see Christmas decorations around here and they're going to be popping up everywhere. And that's a wonderful time of the year. But you know what can make it a whole lot better time? If you want December the 25th, be the best ever. Make Thanksgiving the best ever. Come back to the supply, the source, the God of love, the God of forgiveness, the God that of mercy, the God of grace, the God that wants to bless you and give everything you have to the Lord. Time, talent, substance. Upon the first day of the week, lay by yourself in store as God has prospered you. As God blesses you, make a gift, financial gift to him. As God blesses you with time, serve him. As God blesses you with spiritual gifts, share those gifts with others. And see what God does in the coming year. I close We've talked about the Father, the Son, and very briefly, God, the Holy Spirit. We're to be thankful to God, the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter. He interprets the word of God to us. He convicts us of our sins. He leads us in the path of righteousness. That's the Holy Spirit. And if we can just say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for showing me Thank you for comforting me. Thanking you, thank you for being who you are. So how do we respond? As the Holy Spirit protects us from the evil one, how do we respond? And the response is, in the ninth verse of the 116th chapter, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I will simply walk knowing that God is with me every moment of the day, every moment of the night, Everywhere I go, God is with me. And he'll never leave me. And he'll never forsake me. Amen. Now, why can't we turn around and say to the Lord, God, I love you. I need you. I want you into my life. And Lord, as much as in me is, if you're already a believer, point out to yourself the things Say, I'm not a giver, I'm a taker. I'm not one that, that is always trying to bless others. I don't want anybody cutting in front of me on the freeway. I don't want anybody getting what I want for Christmas. I mean, I'll fight till they call the police at the What's Happening Now store for the bargain counter. I mean, if anybody thinks that I'm not number one in my life, they don't understand who I am. Why don't we just say, Father, 
I admit, I got a problem and I want you to come into my life and I want you to forgive me. People need to see God in us. So what he says here, he says, I'm going to walk before the Lord, verse nine, in the land of the living. You know what he's saying there is? He said, I'm going to walk before God in my world, conscious that the all-seeing eye of God is upon me. That's what makes you a thanksgiver. When the Lord looks at you out of heaven and you know I am so blessed and every person in this building today is blessed beyond anything we deserve. Regardless of your circumstances, God has blessed all of us. Now what he says, would you live like it? Would you know that I'm watching you? As you know, this person that's watching you that needs God in their life is not seeing God in your life. Are you willing to change? Are you willing to walk in the way that I want you to go? It's okay, folks, to call upon the Lord if you need him. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things. But do you really want God in your life? Because you see, when God comes in your life, all th old things pass away and everything becomes new. So you've got to make a call. This is not instant church. This is not push button religion. This is real stuff. Today is the first day of the rest of our lives. It's okay to say, you know, I really haven't been that grateful. It's a long time before, I, it's been a long time since I told some people, you've been a blessing in my life. I thank you, you were there when I needed you. I thank you that you encouraged me when nobody else was. I'm glad when my relationships failed at work or marriage or whatever it might be, you didn't walk out on me. And today is the, the right day to do it. Because all this week you're gonna hear that word, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. All this week you're gonna have an opportunity if the Lord prolongs his return to be around people that need to see People like David can get right with God and God use him to write these Psalms. What a God we serve. So, are you grateful? Are you grateful for your salvation? Are you grateful even if you say, I don't feel good today? Are you glad you can just feel? Well, I just don't like what I see. Well, are you glad you got eyes to see? Well, I'll tell you what, it's just too cold for me this morning. Aren't you glad you can feel it? A lot of people can. You know what? God is so good. God is so good. If there's anybody that deserves a thank you, Lord, his name is Jesus. His name is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If you think those three, God will put you in the right place to bless others during this Thanksgiving time. And we're going to have all kinds of opportunity, all kinds of opportunity. But it is a shame that the elder brother wouldn't even go to the celebration. <laughs> he said, I'm not coming to that party. Just leave me alone. I am no way going to say I was wrong. I am no way going to do that. Don't miss the party, folks.
We're going to have a big one one day. You, you may think I've been a big party. You just wait to when that trumpet sounds. And are we going to have a party, party, party? And we're all going to be sober. <laughs> we won't have to get drunk to enjoy it. And we're going to see him as he is. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to bow on our face before him. And maybe not even feeling like we can look in his face, although he'll let you do that. We're going to say, thank you, Lord, for my salvation.